Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
right, we're ready to rock. Here we go. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the season finale. That's right, the season finale of Keep It Magic for Season 2. I'm Storm Sestavani, and of course I am here with the lovely and talented Miss Jackie Smith. Cruise on over to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, we... Have a candle for that, so make sure that you cruise and check that out. Um, also, cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com to schedule a consultation with Jackie, whether that's an Akashic Record reading, a candle reading, you know, um, uh, angel reading, you name it, she does it. Just go on, go on over there and schedule an appointment with her. Uh, to schedule an appointment with me, of course, go to www.stormsestivani.com. And again, that's www.stormsestivani.com. And our show website is keepitmagic.com, so that's a lot of Keep It Magic's and Coventry Creations and Storm Testifani's, <laughs> but, you know, that's just the way that we roll. So, uh, Jackie, what the hell is going on with you? Wow, it's, you know, half, more than halfway through summer in my world, and but yet I'm planning September. Um, <laughs> we haven't even started August yet. That's, what, that's how my life rolls. <laughs> I try to be two months ahead of the game, and that's actually not enough. But then um, I forget, like, where I am. It's hard to live in the moment. But, uh, you know, planning for the fall season. And you know what else I'm making? Um, we have a bunch of new pictures of the products that I'm really geeked about and getting them ready to go up on on the interwebs and everything and um, making little memes out of them, and, which I hate that they're called memes because they're not memes, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> memes. Memos. I don't even know what memes stands for, do you? A meme is like a memory device, like a mnemonic. To me, that's what I, I was always told a meme was. Okay. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, people started calling them, um, people started calling them memes when they're like, you know, watch out, I think I'm going to, you know, I think I have a bitch coming on or something like that. Um, and people started calling those memes, and so... So a meme is, um, of course, and now I just looked it up while I was talking. Just like that little stall. A meme is considered an element of a culture or behavior that might be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, meaning imitation. You know what my favorite meme is? What? The Burt Stare. It is, isn't it? It's my favorite, you know, because when somebody walks by that says something very strange and bizarre to me, uh, where two years ago I wouldn't have even seen them, now I just give them the bird stare. Like, I can't even freaking believe that you're saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I I did that in Georgia a lot, the bird stare. Like, please, get out of my face. Um, You know, and I love our southern um, listeners, and I I love the people from the south who, who really have, you know, Embraced, um, I don't know what, 
but there is a different there is a there is a subculture in the South, which is different from the subculture in Detroit. You know, we all we all have that that you just wonder if they were hatched rather than born. And um and some really interesting stuff comes out of their mouth. Um yeah. Well and, you know, and in, in Detroit we have a whole different subculture that just says some crazy ass stuff. Where you like, Detroit, they filed bankruptcy. Yeah. What does that even mean? Is it like no longer a city? Um, kind of, because um you have a financial manager that's coming in and the financial manager's decisions supersede what the city council, uh, all the elected officials say. But it also means... But who picked the financial, the governor? The governor. Okay. But also it means that they can potentially um, get rid of all pensions. Oh, interesting. And there's... And you have a Republican governor, correct? Yeah, and and here's the thing about, um, because I was involved in city finances several years ago, um, not Detroit city finances, but the city I live in, um, right now, most cities are experiencing where there are more. Um, there's they're putting out more in pension and retirement than they are in actual um, labor. Isn't that fascinating? So they're paying more into pensions than they are um, the people that actually work. Um, so that that is a problem, but um, but it's a problem that you bought people. Um, and so, you know, so it's just like there will if they get rid of those pensions. See, they did pen- pensions instead of um, retirement, so people count on those pensions instead of having like their four hundred one ks and stuff like that. Now, here is the thing: if a city files bankruptcy, does it no longer belong to the people? It now belongs to the state. There is a huge debate about that right now. There is a really huge debate about because that. Because Detroit is the first major city that's filed bankruptcy ever. Isn't this, and here's the crazy thing. Seventy years ago, it was considered the fourth largest city in the country. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's the seventh or something. And um, But how can that kind of major city? I mean, it can't pay. It, the, the police are down to um, a dangerous level mm-hmm. where um, you can't get police response. You can't. It's just not an option. Um, and, and so people are hiring their own um, their own community police from Blackwater. Yeah, just about. <laughs> <laughs> but yet at the same time, the community police um, can't actually legally do much. Well, you see, here is the thing. I think they should listen to our shows from season two about prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good show, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a, they should definitely listen to us about well, prosperity. And there's, and there's a, you know, there's a funny little thing where they should really just stop the corruption. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 asking for a lot. I know. Um, but it's it's the the amount of corruption through the generations, and then even if you have somebody who's not corrupt coming in. Um, every everybody around him is even to the pa- the point where Charles Pugh Charles Pugh I loved him he was um, a, a TV personality on one of the local stations um, an openly gay black man openly gay black man ran for city council and won uh-huh. okay I was so excited about that. Uh-huh. Um, I I had met him a couple of times. Um, I can't say I was like super enamored or anything like that, but I was just excited about culturally what this meant. 
he started getting um, accused of messing with some young boys, and now he's disappeared to Washington State. As one off does when one has been accused of messing with <laughs> I guess. But, or you went to the Vatican, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Right. But, um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> I was so bummed about that. I was like, really? You got it. You got it. He, this is the guy who reported on and talked about and and brought so much corruption in the city to light. And you're going to pull this shit? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm so disappointed in you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's crazy. Um, speaking about gays. Are you Speaking about them. Speaking about gays, um, the and I talk about it like I'm not one. But <laughs> speaking <laughs> about gays, um, oh those gays. Um, the Pope has done something which is a little controversial, and it is kind of um, ricocheting. You know, I've seen all kinds of. I did a lot of research on this morning, and I've seen a lot of different comments from different people. And basically, what the Pope has stated is, if someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and he has goodwill, who am I to judge? Isn't that huge? It's huge, but here is the thing. And, you know, you know, what I'm seeing is, and I am sure whenever you have a particular group that has been kind of segregated, been segregated against, has, um, uh, you know, been oppressed, okay? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be kind of like a double-edged backslash, okay? There's some people that think that he's just talking out his mouth. He really doesn't mean it. Um, there's other people that say, yeah, he's saying this, but he's not going to necessarily change the theology of the Catholic Church, which, here is the thing, from my perspective, Jackie, I don't know if you can change necessarily the theology, of the Catholic Church. I think that you can change the way that one approaches it. Um, I think that you can change the way that it is necessarily spoken about or what it pays its focus on. But I don't know if necessarily necessarily you can change a particular theology. Um, Well, no. The Catholics are notorious at changing their uh, theology. Okay, give me an example. Vatican I and Vatican II. Yes. But the fundamentals of the, of the, the nope. religion did not change because it's biblical. Okay, yes, I understand that. But yeah. how they interpreted the Bible yes. changed dramatically. And both times they dropped so many books. They dropped a lot of books. Um, and they dropped, oh, was it, I can't remember which Vatican it was, where they dropped the philosophy of reincarnation. Uh-huh. And it was in Vatican I that they dropped the philosophy of women. Can um, can serve in the clergy. Um, my feeling here in regards to this is that this is definitely a good start in regards to restoration. Um, it is um, really um, exciting. Whereas the last pope, Benedict, um, basically what he stated is that homosexuality was a strong tendency ordered towards an intrinsic moral evil, and it was an objective disorder, whatever that means. <laughs> I, I don't even know what objective disorder means. Um, uh, and basically, the church documents, documents said men with deep-seated homosexual tendencies should not become priests. Now, first of all, my question is, is what is a deep-seated homosexual tendency? Um, the one that's latent. <laughs> 
Okay, that maybe that wasn't funny for you. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what the deep-seated uh, homosexual tendency is. In my reality, you either or or you're not. It's not a tendency. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I said, the one the deep-seated is the one that's latent. Yeah. The one that you're in denial about. <laughs> So, you know, basically that is, um, uh, you know, the, the, the question that I have. But I think that to go from one pope, which he said that in 2005, Jackie, to 2013, to someone who is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge, okay, I think is a large change in regards to um, a shift possibly that we're going to see in regards to perspective. Um, uh, so it is, you know, I would love to hear what, David has to say he works for the Human Rights Campaign. I don't know what they're – I haven't seen any um, uh, emails from them. Usually they'll email you about three seconds after something happens. I haven't seen anything from them yet. So they may be unsure, <laughs> basically, what to say about it. Um, but, you know, because usually you'll get an email within three seconds. But uh, uh, my feeling here is, is that basically I think that people should still have a wait-and-see philosophy. Basically, one of the things about this particular pope is that they're calling him a rock star. Um, uh, Which is interesting because he's actually the antithesis of it. Yes. Yeah, but he was in Brazil playing the guitar and, you know, having a hoedown. Um, uh, So David says, yeah, I send those emails. So thanks. Yeah, I'm fast. He gets them out within three minutes. This one he hasn't got out in three minutes because I haven't got one yet. What's going on, David? Yeah, so what's going on there? I mean, have they not got an official response? Um, uh, Oh, he's already gone with (laughs) that. (laughs) <laughs> I will have to pull this up. <laughs> so, Jackie, say anything you want while I scan this. <laughs> well, you know, I—he's—he's I, he's more to me. He's—he's he's the hippie. Um, he's not a rock star. He's—he's he's the hippie pope. He's the one who um, one of his one of his tenets that's been so important to him that they show that he's um, maintained his entire priesthood throughout um, his different levels of ordination is that he's always kept a level of humility now granted this is um it's even coming from his detractors his detractors can't even argue that mm-hmm. um of course there there will all one of the things they picked they picked him is so there was really no scandal <laughs> which is a pope that's going to have the least amount of scandal <laughs> yeah which pope has the least amount of scandal that would be like picking me to be the scope the pope <laughs> well, that's just silly. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've got the official hrc response Okay. It says, while Pope Francis's words do not reflect do reflect a shift in the church policy, they re- represent a significant change in tone. But as long as millions of LGBT Catholic individuals, couples and youth alike, are told in churches, big and small, that their lives and their families are disordered and sinful because of how they are born, how God made them, then the church is sending a deep, harmful message. Oh. See, David's that good. Um, uh, you know the main uh, uh, the main element in regards to, and this is this is where David, you know that I love you. Uh oh. <laughs> this is, and I understand the purpose for HRC, and I think that it has a noble purpose. Okay. But I think that often, especially in regards to this particular type of thing, the response should more be let's wait and see what what he does rather than just continue to judge him based upon something that may be a process. 
um, uh, rather than, uh, you know, just generally, you know, just going out and saying, you know, every single Catholic, um, what you need to do is that you need to embrace homosexuality right now, because I will tell you what will happen Sunday afternoon, there will be nobody at church. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, I think that we need to look at this as more of a particular process, and possibly some of the language needs to be toned down so that it is encouraging to the Pope rather than um, antagonistic. Right. You can't. You don't want to shut everyone out. You yeah. Know? The Pope also said something else that um, I think is uh, interesting that got no coverage at all. None. Are you ready? I'm ready. He also thought a theology of women and a greater role for them in Catholic life, which is interesting to me that the women are not being talked about. I have no clue why. Hmm. It's not as um, it's not as as interesting and newsworthy. Um. But you know what? I I find it really interesting, especially because one of our favorite shows that we did all year long was God Wears Lipstick. Yes. And how it's the female, the woman, um that that keeps that, that creates the salvation within the family. Yeah. Um and and how profound that was. Um and it's something that actually if you look and we did talk about this a bit, and it's not just in the Kabbalah, it's not just in in the Zohar, but if you look in the Bible it's there too, especially if you look at um oh shoot, it was just in my head. What is the um wisdom? The book of wisdom which is only in the Catholic Bible. Mm-hmm. Which wisdom is all about the female aspect of the divine. Mm-hmm. So, um it is I don't know, it I, I, I just it's about time and I think that well, well, it originally it, there even Vatican II was so long ago with with such different worries about um, what women's role. They really wanted to keep the keep the men and women separate um, in that whole thing, and they didn't want to. Their worry was the, the reason why he said priests cannot marry. They used to be able to, but they'd want to, everything that they collected for the church. They would leave a part of it to their sons. And then um, priesthood became a, um, a, a patriarchal lineage. Mm-hmm. Like you're a priest, now your son's the priest of this, so you build up your wealth. So it's really interesting how the, the um, po- politics around there. But if there's one thing that the Catholic Church is, political, they're kind of the masters at it. Yeah. Uh, David did make a response in regards to what I said. He says, I totally hear that, meaning that... Heard what I stated. Um, he said, to be honest, though, in terms of faith efforts, people are more likely to become mobilized and active if the pressure stays on. Our religion department does a lot of cool work encouraging the church behind the scenes, though. Hmm. Can I get on that mailing list, David? Because I want to see some of those cool efforts. We don't see them too much. Hell yeah. Email me on Facebook. Let me know what what I need to do here Um, so that we can use it for season three. Oh, he says, I'll add you now. (laughs) Um, Fingertips. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, um, I do think that this is encouraging regardless. Um, I think that even for women, um, them having a larger role 
in the Catholic Church um, is significantly important. Um, and I think that embracing um, a lot of these, we need a balance. On one side of the stage, you have an extremely, at the moment, masculine-oriented, still driven type of religious force. On the other side of the stage, you have, you know, the Gaians and the, uh, uh, you know, um, let, let's worship anything that has a vagina. Um, and, you know, that there needs to be, at this particular point, um, a balance and a coming together of those circumstances, because I don't like living on both sides of the trees. It's not balanced. Yeah, true, because you're always teeter-tottering yeah. back and forth. Um, yeah. And and that's, it, it's something, well, okay, I have had several clients in in this past couple of weeks that come to me because they're just, they're living in, they're flipping between living in extremes. And I've, I've noticed a couple of people who I know are bipolar, it getting worse for them. So, yeah. um it's interesting. I think we're at this place where, where, and, and it's not that they are just freshly living in extremes. They're realizing how much they're living in extremes. If that makes sense. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think that basically what happens if you live too much in extremes, and this is just from my own experience, mm-hmm. a mental disorder may happen. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just saying, you know. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you know, it eventually happens. But um, we're going to take a little break. Um, Jackie and I will be back on the other side. We're going to be discussing our favorite shows of the past season and what we thought about them and how we've changed and how we have a different perspective and maybe if we don't even agree with what we said a few months ago. So you'll have to <laughs> you never know with us. Um, so th- definitely you will have to stay tuned. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Don't touch that dial. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young we're all on superstars She pulled my hair with my lipstick on In a glass of purple dry There's nothing wrong with loving who you are She said, cause he made you perfect, babe So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far
Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white, face, your legend, your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether like disabilities left you outcast for leader teas, rejoice and love yourself today. Cause baby, you were born this no way. And uh, David has informed me that he's like the gay NSA. I'm kind of creeped by that. Well, I'm sorry, what you, I missed that. What? David kind of told me he's like the gay NSA. I'm like kind of creeped by that. But <laughs> I would he like knows everything that gays around the world are doing. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen the movie or, or not the movie the show? Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it is just kind of slipping my mind at the moment. But it is basically about um, a computer program that can predict um, when a particular crime or when a particular incident is going to happen, and who's going to commit it, and who's going to commit it. Yeah. Isn't that wasn't that um, like Judge Dredd? Judge Dredd. No. Was that was in the Sylvester Stallone movie? No, it's actually a show that's on CBS. Point of, uh, point of, um, 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 it's at the tip of my tongue and the name is coming out. Um, uh, but basically, uh, it is a, it is a very, very bizarre show. And that what they actually do is that this computer program will kind of, um, select where that this is going to occur and then you have an agent that um doesn't work for like the FBI or anything or um the CIA but he basically tries to stop these particular uh crimes from occurring. I think it's a point of interest on I may have to look it up now. So um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's something. I just know that the show is creepy. <laughs> it is pretty creepy as to what yeah. Yeah, um, so <laughs> it is pretty creepy. But um, so, Jackie, season sir, two, what yes, have you sir. thought about it? Um, you know, I think we've grown so much as um, well. I've grown so much in my as a radio hostess, um, and and how to just want. Oh, let me stop you real quick. David has informed me that it's a person of interest. Of course, the head of the gay NSA would tell me this. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in their manual. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie. <laughs> uh, okay. That was a random button. We'll get right back on things. Da, 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 da. No, I, as far as season two for myself, um, I think we've grown, we've grown as a radio show. 
where before we, you know, there was a different subject. Even the way we started season two, we would have different subjects and we planned different guests. But then when we did a couple of really profound shows um, before the beginning of the year, like getting the plagues out of your life and and um, surviving your spiritual journey and transforming poverty into abundance, we did some shows that had had such huge impact on people's lives mm-hmm. that once we got into 2013, we decided to do – actually, we did a ser- the series, God Wears Lipstick series, right before the turn of the year, and that was a profound change on us. Mm-hmm. We, we changed our idea on how we wanted to do this show. We didn't want to just throw an idea out, you, out at you – really only hit on it for a good 40 minutes with what we open and what we close with. We really only had about 40, 45 minutes to talk about an intensive subject. So we decided to just take the whole month. Uh-huh. And um, and we learned a lot about what people are looking for. We learned a lot about um, about our own, our own um, preferences and what we want to talk about. Uh-huh. Because we still were doing a little bit, you know, and season one and the end, uh, beginning of season two, we were still doing a little bit of this is what ex- is expected in a radio show or or a podcast. And then we said, okay, so what? We're going to do what we're going to do. Because what would happen is you and I would have these intensive conversations about a subject, although not so much anymore because we've been really busy. Um, we got some real jobs instead of hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> and um and we would have these intensive discussions but only really we would we would talk more about it between the two of us and and have these profound changes in our lives from our discussions. Mm-hmm. And um and then not be able to bring as much to the show. So so we decided that we were going to break the mold. Yeah. And I think we're going to do it again next year, next season, which is starts Shh, Don't talk about that yet. That's in the next half hour. Shh, shh, cancel. <laughs> Erase. Erase. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, I'll change subject. You know, <laughs> um, I got a wonderful live scribe, Jackie. <laughs> no. um, I think when I looked back through the shows, I really think that the one that changed you and I the most. Yeah. Was the Teshuvah, which was the first episode. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, because um, one of the things that people don't know is that Jackie and I were actually working with Teshuvah and working on, you know, Jackie had the notes for Teshuvah a whole month, basically, before we even went into season two. Um, you know, and we worked on it, and she knew the particular process, and, you know, Jackie got um, all of my notes from Rosh Hashanah and all of my notes from Yom Kippur, and, uh, uh, you know, which I would send her the, the PDF packets um, right. um, for the course material that I, that I had. Um and because uh, nobody likes to go through this shit alone. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Um, and and it was a particular year um, in which I was doing uh, a lot more intrinsic work. And basically, what I look at is where I'm at now, Jackie, was actually the areas of tissue and my making the particular choice of dealing with approval addiction this year mm-hmm. um, that I think has really changed the landscape for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I finally got to the point that I don't really. Give a damn. Well, and and you have really worked it. Myself personally, um, I've had a bigger, <laughs> a harder time than you <laughs> on on the 
on my issues that I'm working on. Yeah. But it has. But here's the interesting thing. It really was not necessarily because I worked on food issues, and that's not what I ended up working on in my life. It's not. That ended up what tissue ended up bringing up for me. It ended up bringing bringing up prosperity issues and abundance issues and deserving issues and, and things. Which like that. actually may be connected to your food issue. And it absolutely was. When we when we were doing our own interpersonal work mm-hmm. and sharing that with each other, um, that, yeah, that was, <laughs> well, that was intense. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and here's the other thing that I just want to say, you know, so that you um, don't beat yourself up too hard, Okay. I really, really think that part of the reason why my dealing with the approval addiction was easy was because I was laying in a ditch. I had no other choice. <laughs> and, you know, if you were told tomorrow, you know what, Jackie, you have diabetes, God forbid, um, right. you know, your particular approach to food and eating may instantly change and be very, very easy to go through that particular process, which is why they only recommend that you deal with one thing a year. Yep. I can see that. Um, and, I, and, and next year I'm going to deal with something easy, like, you know, um, uh, sitting in the sun or something. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> this one is not. Uh, <laughs> that was, these were not easy, my friend. Yeah, these, the approval addiction is not a particular easy, um, uh, particular thing um, to go through at all, you know, and especially when you sit back and you take a look at being driven, you know, when basically every aspect of your life, Jackie, is being driven by something. Well, and I love, um, I mean, what what you've changed in your life because of that is has been amazing, and you've started doing things you really enjoy. Yeah. And that that's huge, and you're like, wait a minute, I don't like that. I love when you're like, wait a minute. That sucks. It, it, it's it's also uh, uh, very very different. I would tell you, which I won't tell people what the conversation was about. But you know, you and I were having a conversation yesterday, um, and some of the things that I had said was um, I wouldn't have been able to say a year ago. I was yes, you did. You told you, you actually. You know what? Just so you know, Storm told me about myself a little bit. So. Um, and I'm really proud of you for doing so. But a year ago, I would have been afraid to do it. I know. You know she won't like me anymore. She'll be mad at me. She'll be upset. You know, all this other stuff. And, you know, basically, you, you know, I, of course, I approach conversations with you with love anyways. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. You know that it's not in any way um, an, an attacking conversation. But, um, uh, and, but And it wasn't it wasn't an attacking conversation at all. It was a reality check. You know, but basically, you know, especially with with people, um, you know, I think that getting to that particular point that I can do that and not be afraid is a miracle on its own. Yes, there's no question about that. Yeah, so it's 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 very good. Um, the other show that I thought, because we could probably spend four days on God wears lipstick alone. Right. Um, uh, the other, the other, another show that I thought was pretty interesting that we uh, that we did is the whole month of October, talking about mediumship and the Akashic records and spirit guide communication, and because there's a lot of uh, you know one of the reasons that motivated us to do that show, Jackie, um, is that there's a lot of misinformation about what this exactly is than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was really good, and actually, that changed um, 
how I worked a little bit, and I know several people told me that um, that it was it was a really big deal for them too, that mm-hmm. they. Um, that they, uh, it felt some. One gal said it, it felt a little safer for her. Um, that she um, she was having issues with with really getting into um, her work. Uh-huh. She kept getting um, information and um, was terrified. Didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, it it, it is fascinating. You know, there's uh, I can do mediumship. I choose not to. Um, uh, I really, for me, and this is just for me, and I do understand that that some um, people, um, you know, when they're doing mediumship stuff, and if they've had somebody significant that's passed away, especially in those early in those early months or in that first year, um, I think that it is necessary, possibly, to um, reconnect in some form of significant way. Um, but what I see that kind of bothers me, um, uh, you know, and, and our friend Beth is in the, in, in the chat room, and she lost the son a few years ago. Um, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, being able to help her with any form of communication that I could give her, um, mm-hmm. I know has meant the world to her, Jackie. Um, right. But what I see from many people is that it then turns into an addiction. And basically what happens is, at least on the spiritual level and from the Kabbalistic point of view, if you're continuing to dial up the dead, they're continuing to stay down here. And they have a difficult time, you know, transitioning basically to their next state of being. Um, and I think that I think that our whole, the whole metaphysical community, I think really needs to take a good look at how we're distributing that product line. Because there is, well, you know, there's, there is, um, it, you know what I love about us talking, we talk so much about the need for um, a cultural connection with our ancestors mm-hmm. because of all the fascination with the ghost shows. And, yeah, I watch them. I watch the ghost shows. Um, and how uh, we're so, we've been fascinating with, with ghost um, hunting and, and more, uh, there was some, is a greater movement than the spiritist movement with Madame Blavatsky uh-huh. right now. It's more accepted, et cetera. But um, I, I just, um, I'm, I just think that what we're missing, we're missing a couple of really big things, which is that connection with our ancestry. We uh-huh. just don't have it. We don't have it. We don't, we don't honor them and remember them. Um, and even in my practice, I don't. Um, as much as I would like to, I mean, I do do it. I just when I say that it's a, it need, I want it to be a bigger part of my practice, but I just forget, and that's what we do. We get so involved in the um, bootstrap scenario in our lives. So that was that was something that um, I really loved talking about, and and um, and I remember another friend of mine talking to me about. I think we did talk about ancestor altars in one of the show, one of those shows. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she talked to me about how she started doing that, and, and she felt so much closer to her people. Uh, well, I definitely think that it is a particular you know, month series that I think that people should go back and um, take a very, very close listen to, especially if you have lost somebody significant. Um, Beth lost um, her son, um, Kyle, four and a half years ago. Right. And it was it was definitely a, a tr- tremendously uh, tragic ordeal for her. But at the same time, the changes that I've seen Beth make 
in regards to her life significantly in all areas of her life, you know, which mm-hmm. she talked about on our other radio show. So, you know, it's it's easier for, for us to discuss. But, um, uh, you know, the uh, issues in regards to relationships and issues in regards to following her own bliss and moving where it is that she actually wants to live and giving up her particular attachments to her particular area that she was in it is awe-inspiring. You know, it is mm-hmm. somebody that is taking those particular things and doing something with it. Um, and, you know, what I'm hoping to see is that possibly, and, and ho- hopefully sooner or later, um, uh, and hopefully somebody is encouraged by by listening to this particular show, I hope somebody is able to pick up a particular mantle, Jackie, and begin to use mediumship as a proper tool to allow the living to basically move forward than it is where it is at the moment, which is kind of, you know, um, uh, dial heaven, basically. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the addictive tendencies that I find in um, the, uh, the mediumship arena is a little bit bothersome to me. I can see I can see how you're saying that. Now, now I think there's two levels of mediumship, though, just, just as a just cuz you know we always have to um really push each other's buttons. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's the mediumship level which is dead people and I think there's the mediumship level which is talking to spirit. Mhm. Um and I think that that is two different things. Me too. And um there's I'm like Lizzie has um an amazing talent of talking to spirit. Mhm. And um and and if you don't know Lizzie, she is um does she still have her show? Yeah. On Blog Talk and I'm I'm almost you know, heaven, yeah. Thank you very much. And you know, and she goes in, in different directions than us, um, but we've we both we used to do a show with her and, and where she would get some real and intense clarity, which is amazing to me. So Yeah. It 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 is definitely um interesting from that perspective. The prosperity episodes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we you know we talked about and this that was we really pushed some buttons. Mm-hmm. We really did because um, we really challenged people to look at their own um, prosperity uh, um, beliefs. Yeah, and, and you know one of the things that um, I constantly get emails about from the prosperity episode, Shaki, is when I stated. Very, very clearly, if you have enough money to pay your bills and a little extra, and your things are taken care of, you don't. Your car is in good repair. Um, you know, you have health insurance. You're able to go to the dentist if you need to. You have a little bit saved. You're prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is um, a particular culture. Um, uh, and I, I, I think that not only is that something that has come about because of the prosperity gospel, um, but also some of the metaphysical languaging um, in regards to uh, uh, pushing onto people's minds, basically, that the only way that you're prosperous is if you have a million dollars in the bank. Yeah. Whatever that means, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's not and that's something that again that's that's something that goes back to some of the issues that I had been working with um, over the past um, for Tishuva, and it's really put that in perspective for myself to say um, I'm that's not who I am. 
One of the things in those episodes, that, and, and I want you to talk about it again, Jackie, um, that I think that um, was profound was when you talked about all of the people that win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. and, and it may not be all of them. There may be one in that million of the people who have won the lottery, which I don't think has been a million of them. But most people, when they... Was, is it the part when they win the lottery that, that they go broke? Or was mm-hmm. it the part of the... Okay. Yeah, they end up with $25 million, and then they're in bankruptcy court a year later. I mean. Right, because um, you don't know how to... You're, one of my favorite business authors, he talks about money doesn't solves, never solves the problem. It really only adds fuel to the fire mm-hmm. that's already burning. And it's so true, because if you have bad habits, you add more money to it, you're just spending that much faster. And it's that much more crazy. Uh, exactly. And and I agree. Um, I agree with you um, 100% in regards to this. And, you know, Oprah did um, a show a few years ago. And the interesting thing is that it was on last night when I was um, listening to Sirius. The episode was on. Interesting. In which she was, um, sometimes when I'm working on stuff, I'll just put, you know, old Oprah in the background because, you know, her shows are a little <laughs> bit um, uplifting, you know, and and you, you don't have to think too hard to listen to them, really. Um, uh, and one of the things that she had on there is she had several people that had won the lottery, obscene amounts of money, and basically how their lives were destroyed, down to marriages being ruined, um, down to um, uh, alienation from their children, and their families, that, they're, that they lost all of their friends. I mean, and what I wonder about that, Jackie, is whether or not, um, you know, and we've talked about this this past season, we talked about it in the prosperity episodes, is bread of shame. Um, being, which what bread of shame is, is it's a Kabbalistic concept that means if the, you didn't earn it in some way, okay, um, then eventually that there will be some form of... Um, uh, uh, almost like a, a seed of self-destruction that begins to start to occur inside of you mm-hmm. that um, prohibits you basically from moving forward on a spiritual level. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I kept thinking about through, through listening to all of these stories, Jackie, was bread of shame, bread of shame, bread of shame, bread of shame, bread of shame. Well, it's like, and, and I put this, this is in the Akashic Record book that's coming out in October, plug, 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 um, is that um, it is, um, I, I equate it to you give a kid that toy that they've that they've been begging for, and they always get whatever they're begging for, mm-hmm. and um, they destroy it. Yeah. And you just get them another one, and they destroy that, and then you say, "What's wrong with this kid? It's not the kid; it's you." Yeah. Um, you're the issue at that point. Yeah. Uh, because you're the one who is helping them. Um, you're helping them learn that everything is disposable. Yes. And so um, people wonder why kids are feeling so entitled, because you're not letting them learn the hard lessons. Yes. And that was something we also talked about. It's interesting. We we talked about a lot of stuff in our um, in our prosperity show, and that was one of the things we talked about is is letting your children learn the hard lessons. And, and granted, you know, I'm I'm the mom, and and you're not. But um, thank God. <laughs> well, um uh you um what we were talking about is is that it's something that you see so often in um 
uh, different readings mm-hmm. that you do. So it's not, um, it's something that's so everybody's going through. Mm-hmm. I, and I, that leads me to the next series, which was clearing and cleansing away what no longer works. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, you know, we had two series that were back-to-back, to, back to back, clearing and then creating um, mm-hmm. lasting change after that. Um, one of the things that I see often is that people have a large difficulty letting go of um, negative behavior patterns. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, mainly because if you let go of that negative behavior pattern, what's there? True. It's one of the things that I was on the phone with a client last week, Jackie, and she keeps getting into destructive relationship after destructive relationship after destructive relationship. And she becomes extremely worried and anxious that her whoever she's with is either going to cheat on her or they're not going to be faithful and all of this other stuff. And, and I just it finally just flew out of my mouth. Okay, let's state, okay, um, that you didn't have this particular dynamic in your relationship. Mm-hmm. What do you think would happen? And she goes, it would be boring. Yep. And this is and when we did those those series, the the clearing and it, it's just so um oh my gosh. Th- this whole thing is just so uh, what do I want to say? Um it's so true. It's so very true what we do to ourselves. Yeah. So in that um that we get when we get to that truth it's it when we get to that truth of of what we really are doing and what we're really about you know uh, this past weekend Patty and I had made some really big decisions we had this huge meeting here over at Coventry and and we had a lot to talk about and and we really pushed our own buttons and challenged our own realities and I was so fried when I left because we really got to some of the truth of the matter. And then we had a lot to think about over the weekend, and thank God we came to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always easier when it happens that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that kind of thing can really, um, when you finally get to the real truth of it, it's like, oh, you're free. And that's that's when you look at the truth shall set you free. Because yeah. what you do is you got to clear away the layers of crap. Yeah you've created for yourself uh, and those beliefs that you've created for yourself. So, Yeah, and, and then basically by clearing that, that out, it allows you to begin to create something new. And the interesting thing with both of those series, you know, one of the things that people may want to go back through, um, and because we don't have enough time to go re-go back through them on this show, is I would encourage people to go back through them because you have a series of candles for each of those series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you're still in a particular position in which you're cleansing stuff out, um, I encourage you to go listen to those. And then basically, you know, also go into the, the creating something new, which also had um, its own, um, you know, magical toolkit for um, basically. Mm-hmm. Um then let's see where do we go after that i mean um uh, well then we got into the clearing um clearing away what no longer works clearing and cleansing away and then we moved into lasting change and then that's mm-hmm. when we went oh we got to do it this way yeah we really have to because we get we, we cleared and cleaned. <laughs> we cleared and cleaned. we really did we um oh and here's the thing here's the thing that both storm and i experience is whatever we think we're going to talk about in this show and we and whatever we we we'll put it out there. We'll say, well, let's talk about this and this. We'll make our little outline. 
we both experience it on some level. The universe yeah. says, if you want to talk about it, you better master it. I know. Isn't that rude and obnoxious? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely rude and obnoxious. Just, just like that laugh was. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is rude and obnoxious. Whenever we do a series on something, we end up having to go through that particular alchemical um, uh, you know, type of change uh, in order to... Uh, 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 to be able to talk about it in a very, very realistic um, sort of way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just annoying. But, but yet we can um, then then we can talk from a true experience rather than from a book learning. You know, and and we did did we did we do our show on angels? Um, we, yes, did. we did. We did our show on angels, but only because it took me that long to recover from learning about them. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I, I said to Storm, um, I'm going to, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm going to teach a class on this. And, you know, I'm not the angel girl. He's like, oh, yeah, just look up this and this and this. I'm like, okay, thanks. And then and then my life changes because they decide, those angels decide that, oh, oh, you're in? You're in? Awesome. Awesome. We got We got this. <laughs> We're going to show you what it's really like. Yeah, I know. It's definitely uh, uh, an interesting perspective, uh, that's for sure. Um, the uh, And I will state that I'm having a little bit of technical problems with my computer, so, Jackie, you may need to bring us to break. Um, the song, <laughs> basically, that I have set up is um, Like a Circus. Um, uh, <laughs> you'll see I'll up start looking for it now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but but basically, um, in fact, I'm going to have to restart my computer. Um, uh, but basically, you know, the main particular perspective of moving into that latter side was, um, you know, that there began to be a shift and a change, you know, in the whole um, uh, podcast, the internet, radio thing, which I'll be talking about in the next half hour. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but basically, you know, the main element, I think, with with people in general is really go back through those shows. There's a lot of meat. There's an enormous amount of uh, of content, basically, that can really help people in regards to making those changes. And, you know, but the overall, overall best, series that we did, I think, was God Wears Love Stuck. Oh, that changed my life. That really changed my I life. I think it did a lot of healing for you in regards to being a recovering Catholic. Absolutely. Which is why I could talk about Catholicism, not spit while speaking. So, um, what's that, who's that song by, by the way? Britney Spears. Okay, thanks. Um, I love, we're just playing it off. Yeah. We're just gonna play it off later. Um, but yeah, it did I, I we definitely need to talk more about that. Um uh because on the other side of the break because that was that's if there's one I think that I'm most proud of those shows. Yeah. Um because I did not like that book. <laughs> and she then didn't I didn't like the book in the beginning. I had to hear all about it. Oh yeah. And I talked about it on the air, how how it challenged me, but then as we moved through the book it was awesome. It was awesome. So should I take us to break while yeah, you reboot? Yeah, take us to break while I reboot. So do not go away. Do not touch that dial. Do not turn off your podcast. Keep listening. You'll get to the next song because Storm and I are going to talk about even more of our favorite shows and what happened and how they affected our lives and our, our customers' lives. So stay tuned to Keep It Magic.
uh-huh. um, of Keep It Magic. Um, combined with Jackie and I did um, uh, uh, I think 90 shows together of another show. So this is like um, 180 <laughs> <laughs> shows that we've done over the past four years. Okay, so um, it's a lot of shows. So, and so also our birthday four in a row it is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just four weeks, you know. Um, and then Jackie and I will be back the Tuesday after Labor Day. So um, make sure that you, you know, tune in there. Of course, we will have messages on our Facebook page and things of that nature. And Season 3 opener will be probably us talking about Season 3 and the changes that we're going to be making to Season 3 at that particular point. But before we go into what's going to happen in Season 3, um, Jackie, more God Wears Lipstick. That... That really, um, that has become so much of my go-to when, I, and I have given away that book several times to different women who are going through uh, relationship issues. Mm-hmm. So that, um, gosh, that's been so such a uh, profound book for so many folks, and it and it really validates your role. We, it's an intuitive role that we all play, and 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 of course. Um, I, I wasn't in love with the way Kieran described it, and, and I think I I rephrased, reframed it in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an intuitive role that we play. So many of my clients say, how come I'm the one who has to make the relationship better? And my answer m- normally is, because you're the one who has an issue with it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm understanding the additional part of it is, why am I the one who's supposed to make the relationship better? Because your partner is not equipped. Mm-hmm. And so when someone is not equipped to do something, um, if you want this to go further, if you want to take this to the next level, then what needs to happen is is that you need to show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that is not an answer that folks like. That that really puts you in the driver's seat, but a lot of times I don't think people want to be in the driver's seat. I don't think so either, and I think a lot of women have issues and difficulties with the whole concept because I think it's very, very difficult in our modern society to look at it from this perspective, um, is that the way that the woman creates life is by encouraging the men in or light. The way that she, we know how she creates life. (laughs) Um, The way that she creates light is by encouraging the men in her life to create light. Um, uh, That the women do it on that spiritual level, which may not, and I think that the reason why it's difficult is it may not necessarily be as glamorous, you know what I mean? Um, It may not necessarily um, get the particular um, uh, attention and um, uh, appeared reward that the, the, the masculine side gets. Um, but for men, the purpose is to create light in order for the couple to be able to share something in a larger uh, capacity with the world. It, it's a challenging. It's a challenging. Relationships are challenging. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are. And um, you're you're either both in or nobody's in. And um, but how do you heal those things that? Um, that can really stop you from um, growing your relationship further. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing I think that through, um, uh, you know, you read um, everybody in any form of alternative spirituality, Jackie, has um, negative press about them. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I you know I know that you know my connection to the to the particular Berg family, and mm-hmm. um, you know how much uh, you know that through the, through the process of of uh, of uh, actively being um, controlled by agoraphobia, and through the process of actually you know being hypomanic, mm-hmm. um, you know how much that they did in regards to just loving me and allowing me to be in a container through that particular process <laughs> with no judgment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know it it was uh, for me to be able to begin to share this whole other spiritual world with you um, was a joy for me. Oh, and now you got me reading even more. I've been reading Angel Intelligence. Oh, shit. And I can only read so much of it at a time because I need to contemplate it. But my big takeaway on that one was the world of questions and the world of answers. And I can't wait to talk about that next season. Yeah. The other one that I've got kind of lined up for next season also is, which I want to talk about, um, is um, it's called Reboot. And it's basically about when you have suffered from something severe like agoraphobia or hypomania or depression or any form of a mental condition. I want to spend time talking about that in season um, uh, three as well. Um, I I will tell you the reason, Jackie, and this will will allow us to segue into season three. Um, There's a lot of magic shows out there. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of really, really good... Uh, magic shows um, uh, that I think um, people should listen to, and I encourage them to listen to all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a perfectionist. Um, Jackie is a perfectionist. When you get two perfectionists together, it's kind of dangerous, by the way. Um, but both of us, you know, feel that the way to continue to give you information that you deserve as a listener is that Jackie and I now have to continue to up our particular game um, (laughs) in regards to how we do content, in regards to how we do a particular delivery. So there may be an enormous amount of changes for season three. Um, I'm actually, you know, yesterday Jackie and I were talking about them, and it's a little bit trepidatious after you've been doing something the same way for two years and you have a particular rhythm, and for you to say, okay, why don't we take a risk, possibly look at different ways of doing this, but at the same way, providing our particular listeners with blow-them-away, mind-blowing, awe-inspiring, life-changing, life-altering content. I don't want to do normal shows anymore. Yeah. we're, we're Done it. We're there together. Done it. That. Done it for four years. We've done it. Um, uh uh, so basically, you know, at this particular point, it is you will probably see a vastly different change, a ba- vastly different format um, in regards to season three. But you know, what Jackie and I both promise is that it will be the best freaking material that we can bring to you all. And you know, it will continue. Of course, we will continue to push buttons. That will never stop. Um, <laughs> Um, But it is really about, at this particular point, I think, providing um, tools and providing people with things that are actually usable um, in their particular lives. I mean, I was listening to, and I'm not even going to say the show, um, but I was listening to a particular magic show, and, you know, that they were, my knowledge about magic um, is extremely transformative and extremely alchemical, because that's basically what Coventry does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I basically have a degree in Coventry magic at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's granted a master's degree, it's me. 
you know, um, in Coventry Magic. But, um, uh, but Jackie, you know, when I hear particular shows and elements that seem to have little to do with using magic to transform and more to do with using magic to control, it bothers me. Yeah. And I don't even know what you think about that. Well, I, I think it's a viable part of magic. We can't. It's like it's like saying there isn't the the dark and seedy side of anything. You, yeah. you, you have to you have to understand that, that that that's a part of it. So with knowing that, um, um, and and that's not how I choose. I mean, I was initially taught. I was taught in two different directions at the same time. Yeah. Um, I was taught. The don't be manipulative and you never do magic for your own self because I was taught it in more of a wicked format. And then the pendulum swung, and then I was taught in um, more of a hoodoo format, which is don't start none, won't be none, and I'm just going to take what I want out of the world. And and throughout all of it, it was always about magic as a healing process and, and tuning into that into that aspect of it um, that I think is some of the the truer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a little bit more of the truer um, magical purposes because we get we 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 have to suppose some things from our past mm-hmm. from the ancient text, and so yeah, a lot of us a lot of that stuff was basic survival stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not there anymore as human beings. Yeah. We're not only in survival mode anymore. We actually get into be thrive, are, are allowed to thrive in our lives. So we have evolved as human beings. Let's evolve our magic. Yeah. And and I'm okay with if that's what you need to do um, for your magical purpose. It's it's viable. I think you need to know what can kill you to know how it can cure you. Yeah. Um, I think you need to, if you're going to practice magic, I think you need to understand the darker sides of it, the 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 um, dark magic part of it, just so you don't get caught up in it by accident. I think that my difficulty with just focusing on the controlling aspect, Jackie, and that this is just me personally, number one, I don't have anything against it. People can do whatever they want to do, and I don't judge it. Um, you know, I'm sure it is a viable place that certain people are at in regards to their particular life path at any given moment. But um, for me, if it isn't going to do something to improve the quality of my life and improve my ability to work with my clients and my relationships with you and my relationship with Beth and um, my relationship with with um, my mother and my relationship with my uncle and my family. And if it's not going to help me to go to where it is that I want to go whenever I want to, mm-hmm. um, I really don't want to do it. Okay. I guess that makes me a lazy witch. Huh. Well, then you're in my school of thought. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, and people laugh when I say, um, when I, I mentioned to a friend of mine, I think I want to write a book called The Lazy Witch's Guide to Magic. And they said, well, if you're going to write that book, let it be your last book that you write. (laughs) Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. one song, yeah. Um, And I'm like, no, I think it needs to be um, an early on book because of what... of what we're all about, you know. Your last book, Jackie, should be, you know, this has been my 
30, 40 year career in magic. And this is what I've learned, and this is what has worked, and this is what is BS, and this is what um, uh, I think that, you know, the magical community should continue to focus or strive towards in the future. Um, uh, uh, you know, I think that everybody that has a significant, you know, has laid a significant um, uh, heritage to any form of subject or, uh, you know, when when I've been talking to, to my particular business coaches this year, they have all told me the same thing, Jackie. I should be looking at legacy issues right now. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that swan song book should definitely be, this is what I learned, this is what works, this is what doesn't work, and um, what do we need to do as a community, basically, to improve ourselves? Um, it, I love that idea because um, we... Everyone is still. It feels like for so many people, it feels like this is still so new. Yeah. We're not new at this anymore, kids. We're not new. Mm-mm. Um. So so, stop. Stop feeling like um. You know we can't critique ourselves because we're so new. No no no. Critiquing is how you grow. Yeah. And so we. And here's. I mean, I love this about the metaphysical spiritual development community. It is make it up as you go, which allows us to be more cutting edge and allows us to be a little um, uh, non-accepting of the legacy. But I think it creates a really dangerous legacy at the same time um, of anything goes. Because anything doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, but I say that, and i got to say anything doesn't go because I said so. And everyone's saying the same damn thing. So... Um, it's inherently um, the spiritual growth, the spiritual community, um, the way things are doing it, and how it's so American as in don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, and that's such an American concept. It really is. Um, and and it's, so it, it, it doesn't lend itself to be that kind of organization and hierarchy and stuff like that, but I am watching um, some folks desperately try and create that and try and create a, a basics on on some of this stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't it can't be structured because being too structured means we stop growing. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a catch twenty two. Um, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm going to take you in a little bit of a different direction. Please do. Um, who is the one person? in the spirituality community in general that you think people should probably pay attention to? Uh, I don't know if there's one. Try to narrow it down to one. Try to narrow it down to one. Um, Well, can I pick two different communities? Sure. Okay, in the pagan community... I think you need to pay attention to Christopher Penzik. Mm-hmm. Because Christopher Penzik is bringing a form and a structure to to his writing and to what he's bringing to us and he has um he he's he's building some really great community stuff. And he never claims that he's perfect, but he he challenges you to go deeper within yourself. And I love the fact that so many people keep paganism on this Wiccan fluffy level, but he takes it to a much deeper level where it's a personal transformative experience. Uh-huh. Spiritual community overall, uh-huh. right now, 
I am absolutely being drawn to um, Yehuda Berg and Karen Berg and the, and the Kabbalah school stuff because it's really it, they've really taken these Kabbalistic principles that seem so out of grasp that they're so out of grasp that, that I I would like shudder at Kabbalah. Don't even talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too restrictive, and turn it into something that is life changing. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, a pagan community. Read his book, David Salisbury. Yes. Very. Read his book in one night. Very, oh. very good. I won't be talking about it until next season. <laughs> um, but very, very good book. Actually, I want to um, maybe do a pre-recorded show with David next season in which I sit down with him and talk about, you know, um, homosexuality and magic and um, uh, gay rights and how to use um, uh, magic to uh, to deal with oppression. Um, right. I would uh, would like to do that in uh, you know more of an intimate type of uh, of uh, uh, of conversation. Um, uh, in regards to spiritual community, Gabrielle Bernstein. Interesting. Spirit junkie. Um, uh, and uh, the reason uh, I and then I would I, I also have to which I'll get to that in just a second. Um, uh, Gabrielle Bernstein, I think. Um, has an enormous amount to offer, and I think that one of the things that I admire about her, um, and the reason why I kind of gravitated towards her, is that you know this was a girl that was strung out on um, drugs and strung out on booze and um, uh, bulimorexic and um, uh, had a lot of problems. Okay, mm-hmm. and she has turned that into. Um, uh, a particular survival handbook, basically, for um, people that are wanting to pursue a particular spiritual path. And one of the things that she says um, is that oftentimes the people that are the most messed up are really the ones that have the greatest spiritual potential. It's so true. Um, they have the greatest spiritual potential, whether they live up to it or not. It's yeah. entirely up to them. Yeah. Um, but... Um, just because they um, they have um, the biggest growth curve, they really do. Yeah, it is. You know, the biggest growth curve, and and then you know, basically, if they can master their particular issues, um, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I've I've said this many times. You know, a book that I want to write in the future is coming out again. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, to talk about things such as um, sexual abuse um, and, uh, you know, how um, difficult that it, that it affects and influences people um, and how to use, you know, particular tools such as self-help and magic to basically recover from something of that particular nature. Um, uh, business community, Jackie, who do you think people should watch? Um. I honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna send people backwards in the business community. Um, is that um, there's some great books out there um, that I've been reading. Uh, things like, um, and they all start with, and they're all based on, and these are best-selling business books, and so many of them are based on the Rockefeller habits. Mm-hmm. And and the Rockefeller habits is just an interesting way of looking at things. Um, right person, right seat. If you have your own business. Now, um, people should watch what's coming out, and there's there's some interesting books coming out in coaching 
um, how to be a coach. And I'm not talking about a life coach, but how to coach people in their lives and, and how to bring out the right answers for them. Uh-huh. And um, I'm a, but I'm still a huge fan of the Zingerman stuff, like the the lapsed anarchist guides, um, which are not necessarily available on Amazon. You got to find them through their their own website. So. Um. For me, there's two that I think that people should watch. Marie Forleo. Um, I think especially for women, um, I think that Marie Forleo's product line and her B-School is definitely encouraging in regards to women becoming entrepreneurs. Um, And she does it in a particular way that is soft and gentle and loving and caring. And um, uh, doing B-School was... Mm -hmm. Uh, changing for my business um, okay. and my business model. The other person, Derek Halpern, socialsugars.com. Um, he does, I think, probably the best um, psychological business psychology stuff out there by far. Interesting. Interesting. I, you know, we've we've both been reading a lot of a lot of books, and I've been going backwards. I feel like I've missed some good titles. Yeah. Um, and and those titles are what a lot of um, a lot of the current titles are basing their information on, which I mm-hmm. find is very fascinating. It is, and I'm going to do probably a lot of research on this in August. But one of the things that I see in every business person's um, uh, uh, book list or their recommended books is a book by Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and then of course, you know that I read that so long ago. I got to get it again. There's so many people, you know, because he did become a devout Christian later in his life, and he started going more into a Christian bend. I, that is not going to stop me from listening to, to reading somebody's work. I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I'm not going to let um, things of that particular nature uh, stop me from learning uh, from them. Does it necessarily? I agree with their life choices. No. Um, but, um, you know, I think that every, and, and I think that this is an approach that we should have in general, Jackie, is that everybody has a viable, intrinsic, unique thing to offer everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think that we should, you know, rather than politics or personality, I think that we should focus on um, what it is that we can actually offer to people rather than, you know, some of these other destructive traits. Um, you know what I love that we talked about a lot um in this in this past year, we talked a lot about how we treat each other as human beings, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about gossip. Mm-hmm. And um, we, it's something that you and I spent have spent a lot of time um, checking ourselves on. Mm-hmm. Even in our own conversations, you know, you want to start dishing mm-hmm. with each other. Is that we've spent a lot of time on that, and I'm so glad because I'm watching. Um, I just think that's needed. I just think we need to to be gentler and kinder with each other, but of course, most of all ourselves. In a way, not to not to let yourself be codependent with yourself, but in a way that says I'm I'm actually very val I'm a valuable human being. Mm-hmm. And and when you treat yourself as a viable human being, you start treating other people in the same way. You know, and 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 I will tell you, you know, last season was more my particular journey towards recovering from self-inflicted maladies. Um, uh, But, you know, again, in closing of season two, um, you know, Jackie, if it was not for you, I mean, it was not for Beth, I would not have come this far. And I thank you for that. Oh, and, and, 
and you're you're so welcome because you absolutely give it back in spades. Because there's times when even in in my world I can uh, I can just lean on you and talk about these crazy different ideas and and I, I mean I've really leaned on you quite a bit um, even for this past season too. Mm-hmm. Um, you've really you've really uh, helped us hit take our shows and hit them out of the ballpark while I was going through a ton of changes on my own. Mm-hmm. So so if it wasn't for you we wouldn't have this show. So it's we have our times when you're strong. Then I'm strong, and and that's why we're such an amazing team. Absolutely, absolutely. And I actually made it through a season finale without crying. Can you believe it? I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. This is the end of season two. Um, we're in the last three minutes of the show. I want you all to go over and visit Jackie at CoventryCreations.com. Um, you can schedule a consultation with her. Um, and also, while you're there, um, visit. Um, all of the candle lines, we have an amazing um, set of candles that you all can choose from. Um, whatever your problem is, you know, we have a candle for that. Um, cruise on over to my website at www.stormfestivani.com. Um, I do have some spots open for August, so if you want to get in there, I've had a couple-minute changes. You, can, you may be able to get a spot. Otherwise, you may be waiting until December. <laughs> so um, just saying, you know, get, get in there while the getting's good. And I only do sessions on Wednesdays. I have three sessions a week open, and they have been booking up pretty quick. Yeah, so you want to get in there with uh, with Jackie if you want to get a reading from her. Um, and uh, Jackie, in the meantime, what do they need to do this summer? Oh, they need a whole month of making magic and keeping it magic and living their <laughs> lives like they mean it. <laughs> Speak life, everybody. We'll see you in September. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between yo it's crazy amazing we can turn our heart through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.